This icon is racist. I've never ever been a spy. Can the VBS bank loot? The problem is that pinky. I'll never subject myself to whiteness. I'm listening. Can you have consistency, Honorable Chair? Corruption was an Olympic sport. They will always win gold. This is not a shape. Sergeant at arms, can you please come in? Hello and welcome to your weekly dose of political shenanigans with us here on the Sunday Times Politics Desk. This is the Sunday Times Politics Weekly Podcast with me, Amil Amra. Thank you all for listening in. By now, you know what this podcast is all about so we have a little bit of fun in studio analyzing the big political stories for the week without boring you to death with all the jargon that you hate so much (laughs) we'll give you everything you need to know to sustain a debate around the water cooler but not enough to make you an expert because then we'll be out of jobs yeah (laughs) (laughs) this week (laughs) (laughs) now this week I'm joined in studio by my colleague Zimasa Matiwane Apiwe de Klerk and Zingisa Mbumbu we're going to be talking about Zimas's big expose in the Sunday Times front page this week about um, a KZN MEC who is spending thousands each month to rent a car because he refuses to use the one he was given. We'll also be looking at the lead up to the DA's federal council meeting this weekend. So guys, let's get straight into it. Zimas, uh, let's start off with your story. Now, you write that a the education MEC in KZN, Kwasi Mshengu, Zagisa, any relation? Uh, relation yeah, right? yeah, no, he's my brother. Wow, <laughs> he doesn't even know you. <laughs> you. You must tell bra- your brother to pay back the money. <laughs> now, apparently, we want our money. Apparently, uh, Mr. Mshengu um, has been caught using an elaborate scam to justify his not using the state car uh, used by his predecessor instead blowing hundreds of thousands of rands in taxpayers' money on car hire. Something like 90,000 rand a month, isn't it? That's what he said. So tell us a little bit about the story. What does it entail? Uh, Basically, I think it's just egos. Yeah. Uh, Because the previous MEC is his political rival. The guys don't get along. Who's the previous MEC? Tandini Klungwan. So uh, the previous MEC had a car, a nice car, I imagine. <laughs> a very nice car. A Mercedes-Benz uh, that, that, that the department bought for him um, a year before Mshengu came in. Mm. So when, when, when Mshengu came in, the car is at uh, 40,000 kilometers. Ne? Yo, that's still brand new. It's, it's still brand new. And, you know, even the, the ministerial handbook uh, states that until it gets to 120,000 kilometers or you've been using it for five years, then you can change it. So this is basically still brand new, but the car, the guy refuses to use the car. And um, in his refusal to use the car, he decides not to auction the car and perhaps maybe get another car. So he is struggling because how is he going to justify buying a car when the car exists? Mm. So he decides that, okay, you know what? Um, I will just hire another car using uh, taxpayers' money, which he now claims is 90000 per month. Uh, when we asked them, they didn't know anyway. <laughs> That's the story for another day. Uh, but then the way, the way that they went about it, um, trying to conceal mm. this whole informa- information. Yeah, tell me about this, this forged letter. That seems pretty interesting. Uh, how did you get this forged letter? <laughs> I, hey, I'm stop trying to reveal the <laughs> <amongst> the sources here. <laughs> um, 
we we have Mercedes on record mm. in in the story saying they have never seen the letter. The letter did not come from them. They have never written the letter. What is this letter? What is the letter? Um, basically, it it looks like a diagnosis diagnostic report on the car that is uh, supposedly faulty. Mm. I don't know much about about cars, but um, it looks very dodgy. Mm. Uh, we obviously did our due diligence and tried to verify the authenticity of the letter. And, you know, as, as we suspected, it turned out that the letter was forged. So that's that's where we're at. But I mean, <laughs> the MEC is convinced that there's a conspiracy against him. So yeah, there's that too. So the two things that I picked up uh, from the story, that the, the serious things about the car that could make it not move forward, yeah, is that the battery is a problem, yeah, and that it once had a bust tire. Those two things, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. and, and then and and then your source from the uh, the dealership uh, says, ah, but there's nothing wrong with the uh, car. Remember, the car has not been used since this mm. guy took office, which was around 27. So obviously, the, so the guy just needed to jumpstart the car. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. If you're not using it for this long, there's gonna be a problem with the battery. Of course, and yes, and it, it just needed to buy jumpers, <laughs> and then he decided to go and hire a car for like ninety thousand. He didn't even not have even. To so buy, the story says that Mshengu is being driven around by a Mercedes-Benz GLE, and that's those really nice SUVs hired from Woodford Car Hire. Now, according to the company website, the car costs 103,000 rand a month. This yeah. means that the government has spent at least half a million rand since Mshengu took office in May, which is not even six months ago, guys. Yeah. And that's crazy. Half a million rand is a whole nother Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, I mean this is uh, shocking, uh, to say the least, that uh, a public official would behave. Is in, it shocking, in, in, really? In, in this. Well, it's not shocking because we are sort of accustomed to these things. But, I mean, really, he's one of the young generations. This guy is still under 35. He's still a member of the youth league or somewhere around there. You know, this generation, we thought they would know better and not repeat the mistakes of their seniors who have been doing these things all these years since taking power in 1994. But if it continues with this generation, it really uh, makes us to be hopeless that there will ever be any renewal in the ANC and its government employees. Because really, you can't behave like this. These people, I mean, really, I was laughing. There's, <laughs> there's an excuse there that says the car is leaning to the right. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, really, brother, they think people are stupid. It's it's it's, it's, it's unacceptable. And, and you think Mercedes would say that? The car is leaning. You know, to well, the right. Well, perhaps they, they will actually tell you that uh, the car has a problem with uh, maybe shocks or something you know, like that. Yeah, they're going to say the car is leaning to the right when you are like, driving it. Ah, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's unacceptable, Amir. And, and we, we are, as a country, we know that there's a whole lot of uh, poverty, unemployment going on. The economy is sluggish. If anything, public officials uh, ought to be tightening the belt in terms of how they spend. We can't buy you a car, Chief, which I also believe is we are spoiling our public mm -hmm. officials. These people, we buy them cars, we buy them houses, we buy them everything. But on top of that, being spoiled like that, you still want to go and, uh, you know, waste more of our money on unnecessary things. So, And the unfortunate thing is that there's not going to be consequence. That is the most unfortunate thing about this government. Yes, we will. We are here talking about it. Zimas exposed it. It made a national headlines. It was discussed everywhere throughout Sunday. But consequence, 
what is going to happen? This guy is going to be an MEC going forward because there ought to be consequences like this so that others don't do it as well. If there is no consequence, it only ends with us debating it here. Mm-hmm. Others are going to do it and there will be a precedent that has been set that you never acted on so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Why are you acting on me? So it's really, you know, it's one of those annoying things, man, about uh, this government. Um, I would really, 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 really like to hear the actual truth on why the guy didn't want to, to use the car. I understand they are rivals and whatnot, but it's, it's just a car. If you think it's dead, take it to well, the uh, car wash. We uh, know, we know the... the, the you know, the, the, the you tell know, us. No, <laughs> well, the speculation that because they are rivals, the, the previous one might have bewitched it, that if this one drives it, and then there are issues. Even that... Then it's going to lead to the right. <laughs> even that silly excuse is not enough. I mean, because mm. even if someone bewitched it, man, if you believe in those things, there's is, there's ways to cleanse a car. You somehow, know, somehow, that's why I think it's it's just an ego thing. You know, hence, hence, I don't understand why they never sold the car in the first place. Exactly. And and bought a new car. I think that uh, the KZN uh, cabinet, uh, the premier, the Sikhle Zigalala, should put, uh, should put his foot down. He won't. And, 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 and make this guy pay back the money. <laughs> That's how the NC for, 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 for the rental. Uh, they are close. He won't. We must tell him in this platform that, dear Sikhle Zigalala, <laughs> make this guy pay back a portion of the amount that he's been spent. And discipline him. Yeah, and Please. discipline him. We can't go on like this. I mean... It's it's silly excuses. I get it if the car was in an in in, a, in an accident. Mm. You, you, you know, you get those stories where uh, in my province there in the Eastern Cape, where an MEC decides to drive a car, uh, they don't know how to drive or whatever, and then uh, the car is in an accident. Mm. Now they have to, you know, uh, hire a car. You get uh, it's a scandal. He did mm. something wrong, but you can justify the fact that. You, you, you are renting a car. Yeah. Yeah. You were wrong for using the car and and, 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 and it's in an accident, but while it's being fixed, you are renting. Just because your predecessor was using a car. It's silly. No, 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 no. You know, no, no. You know when you guys talk about accountability, I I, I did watch the MEC a bit, a bit mm. on TV, but I also read a lot on social media, but uh, specifically the statement that was released by the education department. You see, our our public reps, what they do is, instead of being accountable, they will go on and say there is a conspiracy is, against yeah. me, yeah. Uh, my rivals, political rivals, this and that. How do you say that when on the story, on the third paragraph of, on the story, Mercedes Benz, on the record, it's mm. not off the record, on the record they are saying that we can confirm that the letter referred to was not authorized by Mercedes Benz or any of its agents. Mm. That is fraud. Forging yeah. a letter is fraud. So, so and that's got nothing to do with political rivals. It's got nothing. It's it's <laughs> their decision there at the department to fool South Africans and lie and go as far as breaking the law and forging letters. So I don't understand how the guys confidently on TV saying, eh, "No, we did nothing wrong," and this and that. But that seems to be the the popular political narrative now, isn't it? The moment you're confronted with some sort of scandal or allegation, the first thing you start doing is blaming something Someone. else. Hence, yeah. I'm, so saying, you, hence yeah. I'm saying that's why they get off scot-free. That's mm. why there will never be any accountability. So you're blaming white monopoly capital or you're blaming um, paid journalists or you're blaming, in, in this case, you're blaming your political rivals. But where's the accountability? It seems these guys, you can catch them wearing brown shoes and say, this guy is wearing brown shoes and say, there is a conspiracy <laughs> against me yeah. because I never liked brown shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys, there is someone at a department of education who decided that forgery was the best way to go about this. Forgery, I mean, 
That is huge. It's it's you're not lying about Zimas or some nun, you know. You're lying about Mercedes Benz. This is a huge brand. You are damaging their brand. It's it's an international brand. It's not just some small nyana car manufacturer from my village. How, Zim- how, how, how do you how do you even get to a point where you lie that much? And I, I get that the officials are the ones who are behind the forger of the, but the the MEC as well cannot be absolved from this because surely he was participating in the whole thing. Had he just said guys tell them the truth and we apologize for what I did, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have gone to those Extends as someone as a political figure who is responsible as he claims to be in these interviews that he's been doing he was supposed to say guys let's not spin this thing let's not tell any lies we've been caught let's tell the truth and let's do the right thing going forward and i think this thing would have been accepted better would have reported that yes the mc but the mc has admitted and has apologized and has said he will take full responsibility how do you take responsibility and then victim at the same time no that's what i'm saying but i'm <laughs> saying must, must take saying, full responsibility and resign but playing <laughs> yeah, i'm saying playing that's full responsibility you resign he encouraged this kind of behavior of yeah. of, 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 yeah. of fraud and also he too cannot be absorbed from this. You, you see, you must take that uh, example of Ntantanene. Ntantanene did not lie under oath. Uh, he, he just li- told he a story to Spamanda Koke uh, <laughs> and then he told the real story at the commission and then he resigned after that. You know, you know, we have to respect such um, but examples. So, uh, uh, your brother Mshengu must uh, must learn from. No, he Kankanen. must just be disciplined, and, child, man. Ah, he must resign. <laughs> you see, here's, here's the thing. He's young, guys. Here's, 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 yeah, but, he but can resign and find himself there at legislature and do an introspection. This, this, Maybe five years from now, he <laughs> will be a red no, yeah. but this is my problem. As uh, most of what you just said, he's young. It's fine. But the thing is, we've become so used to this that yeah. this is for us is a small scandal. It's just it's, half a million rand. It's actually very tiny and, compared and, to what we've exactly. seen. Exactly, and the thing is in this country we're talking now about oh, well Sir Ramaphosa is speaking about renewal and, and uh, all of that rubbish yeah. and talking about um, <laughs> tightening the belts of uh, in the public sector cutting Bruh. the wages all of that yeah, so, you, so you're trying to, to sort of tighten government's belts but at the same time you've got this massive expose which shows how this is not working so surely you should start holding people accountable and to a higher standard of accountability rather than a disciplining people should be axed for doing these things, if it was mistakenly, I could understand. But purposefully, were you actually forging letters? That's a whole different story, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You know, you know, there's 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 a difference between misinterpreting the law, yeah, and 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 uh, you know, actively breaking it. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah. you can yeah. see people have, have find some information and then you actively try to cover up. But if you, you have it, state law advisors as well, if you were at your disposal all the time. Yeah, no. it's very difficult me, to say me, you misinterpreted uh, the law. What I'm saying is that uh, we must take a stance in this podcast and say he must resign. No, he must be disciplined. Uh, I think the premier must discipline him. It's up to the premier to see what form of sanction uh, is enough for him. I mean, at least he's a first time offender. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not saying he shouldn't, you know, uh, be given his matching papers, but. He ought to be disciplined. If the premier, Sitlis uh, Galala, doesn't take any kind of action and disciplinary he measures against the guy, <laughs> then we will know that his new dawn in KZN is sunset. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think Zagalala has ever claimed to have a new dawn in KZN. What I'm saying, if Sitlis Galala doesn't take action uh, against this guy, uh, if this guy doesn't resign on his own, the ANC here from National must take action against him. 
because he must instill discipline yeah, there in, in, in that province. You can't claim to be uh, in a renewal phase, mm. uh, saying that there were nine wasted years. And then people continue to do the things that were being done in, the, the, in, the, in, the, in the era that you said uh, uh, was a chaos. Yeah. So h- h- how are you able to justify that yeah, but to China, us? If they fire them, the reality must face, they will have to probably fire everyone. I mean, there's another <laughs> yeah, it starts with K one person who was saying it will take 100 years to, <laughs> <laughs> to fix toilets. In the education. You see, those people, all of them must be fired. <laughs> they must I mean, be dealt with. You know, it's, it's a mess. Can, you know, can, 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 I, can I just say something? I, I, I'm very disappointed at the MEC. I'm less disappointed about the almost half a million that has been spent, but I'm more disappointed with him defending this thing, Mm. despite it being this obvious. I did not anticipate him going on a media tour uh, defending this rubbish. You know? I did not expect the statement that they sent out. Amil, you must read it. It's very long. what did it say? Just a gist of it. Uh, basically, it says there is a campaign to discredit him and, you know, young leaders, mm. whatever, whatever, whatever the thing they are. Um, and they are adding a whole lot of, of unrelated things like he has forfeited, I think, a gardener or a maid that he's entitled to. Mm. But that's not what we're talking about. Here <laughs> are the facts. These yeah. are the facts that I would look. I would have been OK with him saying um, we will do an investigation. We'll mm. get back to you. Mm. We don't have these facts. If he doesn't, I don't have these facts yet. We'll do an investigation. We'll get back to you. It's also okay to rubbish mm. stories that appear in the paper. It's also okay. But to go as far as insinuating that there's a plot against you, uh-uh, mm. no, that is very disappointing. Okay, we're going to take a very quick short break. And when we get back, we're going to be talking about the DA's lead up to its federal council meeting this weekend. Join us when we're back. Racial identity politics, a phrase that has the potential to start an argument in just about any situation. That's why we're starting it first. Let's Start an Argument is a unique and insightful podcast series about the meaning of race to us today. Presented by researcher Cecilia Koch and Doctor of Philosophy Jason Werbeloff, the series aims to spark rational argument and meaningful discussion around this controversial topic. Find Let's Start an Argument now on the Cliff Central app, cliffcentral.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Let's get straight into it. Um, the DA's Western Cape leader, Bongin Kosi Manikazela, says he cannot be distracted from his mandate of running the party in the province by a race to become the interim federal leader. Now, Manikazela was speaking to Times Live earlier this week um, where he said that there can't be any interruption uh, to the current leadership of the party and is, therefore he has withdrawn himself from the race for the interim uh, federal leader of the party. Apiwe, what do you make of this decision from Malik here? <clears throat> I'm not that surprised. Mm. Uh, he initially said uh, that he was not going to make himself available. Mm. Uh, if you remember, there's a story that we had written uh, some time back saying that he had been approached, uh, but uh, his priority is the Western Cape and whatnot. Um, I think. So why did he enter the race in the first place? <laughs> so I think uh, it's a matter of the person that he wanted uh, to 
enter the race. The person mm. he, he thought was the ideal candidate for this period he had not, I don't know, never agreed to take mm. over and whatnot. So he, he decided. Who maybe, was that? Who was that person? Any uh, idea? Uh, yeah, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> so and then he didn't. Um, so he thought he must go at it himself. Mm. But maybe he's been advised otherwise. Uh, but he's not ruling out uh, contesting uh, for the permanent for position. The permanent position. I don't know how that works uh, for him. Mm. I, I don't know his thinking because how he became uh, the leader of the Western Cape is that he took over as interim leader mm. uh, for um, uh, well, he was deputy to Patricia Delil. So it made sense mm. at that at that point, but. People who supported him and, and people who were with him at the time it's like, look, if he doesn't challenge now, th- whoever is the interim leader mm. is going to be interested to be the permanent leader. Well, obviously, and that, that person would have it a, gives you momentum. Yeah, yeah. A more advantageous footing when they get into the to the elections next mm-hmm. year in May. Um, so, sort of a, a weird one here. So basically, um, the position for interim leader is being contested now by John Steenhuizen, who is mm. the party's uh, parliamentary yeah. leader. And then uh, Makushu Legana, um, who's uh, up here in Kaltang. As an MPL, uh, his, his official position in the DA is, is I think, is the leader or chairperson of the uh, MPL's network, mm. which include uh, uh, members of the legislatures and um, uh, uh, members of the NCOP. Is mm. uh, the former leader of the he's a former youth leader uh, of the of the of the DA. Mm. Um, he also is what uh, yeah he he's been he's in the a lot of things before yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, basically we've got we've got my, uh, my uh, oh and my he's also a parade supporter so I'm guessing Fumbu is not. <laughs> <laughs> The previous leader was a Kaiser Chief supporter, so hey. <laughs> Look, Amil, my, my, my take on uh, Bongi goes, uh, you know, I think, I don't know, I, I don't want to be too rough, but he's, uh, he's full of jokes, man. You know, and I don't, <laughs> I don't think anyone will take him seriously. Just come as, from first. I don't want to be too rough. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't think anyone will take him seriously when he wants when he throws his name in the head for the permanent position, having pulled this stand. I think uh, uh, before, as a, a seasoned political leader, before you make any move, you think through it very, very, very carefully. You can't make such uh, you know you can't be that clumsy <coughs> of making a decision barely a week later you are reversing it it means that you never thought about it any in in the first place so such things uh, you know may compromise him in the future actually i i don't think uh, he has, stands any chance if he happens to mm. to throw his name in the head for the permanent position so i think he was you know quite uh, uh, you know, careless there, and he has compromised himself uh, going forward. That's just I, a I actually forgot him. Like, in my mind, <laughs> mm. the people who are contesting Astinis and, and, and Ghana, I literally forgot about Matigizela. Uh, mm. So maybe it's a good thing for him to just focus on the Western Cape. But I mean, like, like who. Like whom like was saying, uh, you can't just be playing back and forth. Well, I'm sure he's had his reasons, right? But it's. Let's look forward to this weekend, Apiwe. Um, you've got Ghana going up against John Steenhuizen. Um, let's analyze this a little bit, right? Is this sort of factional politics playing out again? Um, whose side do <coughs> each of them fall to in terms of allegiances? Um, what's happening within the party right now as we lead up to the weekend? Um, um, you, if you, you, you read the, the story we wrote about Ghana, 
there was a, an interview Stian Hazen had on the same day in, in, in a different uh, radio station. Mm-hmm. You can see uh, the thinking, it's, 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 it's sort of worlds apart um, in terms of how they want to achieve <coughs> what they both think the DA uh, should be. Uh, and the question of race, uh, unfortunately, uh, is top this time around. Uh, Ghana, in his uh, letter to um, the delegates who are going to be voting mm. this weekend, he in fact emphasized that that mm. in fact as a party we need to. Yeah, he, he said there's a profound. There continues to be a profound brand of politics that strains to emphasize that race does not matter and then he says but still recognizes that in order to win elections mm. um, it has to, DA has to have black leadership yeah he, he, I, I think you were speaking to uh, the number of critics that have been saying that a DA is a white party that uh, uses black people it's just faces to win votes <clears throat> I think that's what he's speaking to he's saying um if if you say that uh, black leaders are needed, uh, but then you continuously say you can't, uh, you know, you don't have to acknowledge uh, race, uh, then, you know, it, it means you're just using them for votes. Uh, whereas Dan Hazen on the other side uh, strongly believes that you don't necessarily need to be uh, black or a woman mm. to be able to say, in a platform that this is what we stand for. We stand for uh, 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 the upliftment of, uh, of black people who have been previously disadvantaged. We stand for uh, the dismantling of patriarchy and therefore, yeah. So that, that's, that those are the two arguments. Mm. Um, uh, let's see how so, they so play So are we talking about a sort of um, someone aligned to sort of the Musi Maimani ideology versus somebody aligned to the Helen Zilla ideology. Seemingly, that's, that's, okay. that's how it, 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 it is playing out okay. now. Uh, but of, of course, John, uh, in his interview, sort of said uh, he differs with Helen Zilla, but he didn't break it down to where exactly does he differ. But when you listen to Helen Zilla and you listen to uh, his arguments uh, throughout, ever since Musi has resigned, uh, you can see uh, that uh, his brand of uh, uh, politics, his thinking, his brand of liberalism is Similar similarly uh, and it's very much aligned to Helen's thinking. I mean, first of all, for me, this is a no contest uh, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, John Hazen is going to win it. We have analyzed before the direction which the new TA is taking. Uh, it's taking a that the liberal brand of Helen's list politics, and uh, as Apiwa just correctly put it, Stenhazen is in line with that kind of thinking. And uh, Makashule, you, we know that part of the reason uh, Mushi had fallen out with the likes of Helen Zile and others within the party was because of pursuing the same politics that we have to acknowledge the issues of uh, historical disadvantages which affected mainly black people and women. And, you know, just to comment maybe on John Stenhazen's uh, you know, quite an, uh, opportunistic mm. comments around women and black <laughs> people, and the guy saying he can, you know, you don't have to have them; they can be represented by others. Seriously, I I worry about his politics. I, I think the DA is going to suffer because I would never vote for a DA that believes in that kind of a situation. As as uh, uh, you know, Stan Hazen is, is, but as I said before, I think the DA has has uh, has 
you know, come to terms with the fact that they represent a particular constituency, mainly white, and they are satisfied with that, and they don't want to take over government anytime soon because they will never happen. As I say, as I say, I will never vote for them with the kind of politics that they are pushing now. I doubt many people would, uh, you know, uh, resonate with those things. As I say, when I said it's it's not uh, is a no contest. Ghana with his kind of politics, with the DA going the other direction, he stands no chance. <laughs> I actually, I feel for him. This guy <laughs> just doesn't get enough of being, you know, global. <laughs> we know <laughs> he wanted to be a premier. He was global. He, now he wants to be a party leader and he's coming from the wrong direction. I, shall, I, I think he should have just stood back. I mean. but, but you can't you can have a John who is not uh, contested in China. You, you are creating a problem, the, a very big problem for the DA. But also the DA, for me, it's, it's very strange that policy direction seems to be dictated by who is at the top at the time. Why are they not having a policy conference that is going to say this is the direction that we're taking? Because I'm... Um, Honestly, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with an official po- opposition in South Africa where policy will be decided by who wins mm. this race between these two guys. So on, on, on 702, what stood out for me uh, when Stianazen was speaking uh, was that South Africans had become far too obsessed with race. Yeah, Only what, he can he say that. Imagine. You can never say that. You can't say that. He can say that because he's white. Yeah. But we, we black people, that's not how we feel. Mm. So, yeah, no, good luck. Good luck to, to both candidates you for see, the weekend. You see, here's another one. He's not going to vote for the uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to both candidates for the weekend. Um, good luck to the DA going forward. Yeah, uh, yeah local government elections are around the corner. They must be careful. Uh, are you going to vote for the DA? Apparently, <laughs> this one is not voting for the DA. This one is not voting for the DA. Not one that is led by Stenazen. I'm EFF supporters. Guys, I'm here. We're hearing things in this podcast. And this one is an ANC port. This one is an ANC port. Oh, UTM. Yeah, no, UTM. Shame. Yeah, no. I no, no. Yeah, no, you know yourself. Look, um... I think uh, it's a very interesting uh, contest. It's a pity that it's for the interim leader. Mm. Uh, It would have been far more interesting if this contest would have been tested uh, or this, you know, for quite some time uh, in the DA, there's been these clashing uh, schools of thoughts, if if, if I can can call it that, uh, for quite some time. Um, So it would have been very interesting if uh, Ghana, with his campaign and 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 Stenhaze and we're going head to head at a at a conference mm-hmm. where it's 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 open to delegates, not yeah. just uh, a few members of the uh, federal uh, council. Uh, council, because the arguments that both sides they are raising are valid to either side that those that agree with um, with Ghana they do so passionately, and those that agree with Stenhaze and they mm-hmm. do so passionately. Yeah. Um, if you had read that story we wrote when uh, Stian Hazen became the chair, uh, the leader of uh, uh, the opposition, I, yeah, the leader of the opposition um, in parliament. In parliament, mm. and the, the the people who had been commenting about it, who had been talking about uh, what they think about race, or what they think uh, the party had gone, uh, or how they thought the party had gone wrong, and and so on. So it it is important for them as the party to say, you know, uh, once and for all, the majority of the people uh, of the members uh, they feel that going forward this race thing. 
yeah, this is how you put it to bed. Mm. And somehow, I I don't think they will put it to bed after this weekend. Somehow. They won't. But even if it was for the main conference, man, we know members in these parties don't really matter that much. The reality that we must face is that issues that are discussed, even if people have police conference, are sponsored by people high up who've got ambitions. Members are just used, you know, by that particular person to push their agenda. Members barely have their independent uh, uh, contribution. It's the same with the ANC. We know how these things happen. Look, um, so it, it doesn't really matter anyway. It was going to be uh, Stenhazen's views. And the views oh, of the others. Mbungu has given up on this thing. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 but but uh, look, I I get what you're saying. Political parties, uh, in the main, sorry, sometimes uh, politicians get to uh, decide based on uh, not just um, uh, what they believe in, but also uh, the future prospects, both for the party and for themselves. Uh, those are factors that play. But um, you see. When you go to a, a, a conference, uh, they, they, they call it a watershed uh, moment, whatever, and someone emerges, regardless of whether you had agreed or disagreed, um, going forward, when that leader speaks, uh, it then uh, gives them uh, much more power than when someone went and didn't get contested. Because you understand the strength that they have whether because uh, of uh, their ideologies or because of uh, how they managed to mobilize. But still, you respect it because it holds that much weight. So what I think was their main problem now, uh, uh, the DA, it's not just the, the loss uh, with elections. These people were fighting uh, even uh, before the elections uh, because when you went to their last conference, Musima Imani was not being challenged. Mm. Uh, so no one, John was not standing against him. Um, uh, there was no one standing against my That's man. As, as a, That's why I admire God. As, as a person, head to head. So if, 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 if Stanley Hazen emerges, he will emerge very much more powerful than, uh, I'm saying if it, it, it were a, con a conference, he would have emerged very much more powerful than Musi had ever been. Uh, and if Ghana uh, would have emerged at the conference, he would have been much more powerful because you tested uh, your ideas uh, and then you tested your strength, your popularity, and you can see that uh, before you stand up in a meeting and, 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 and contest the view of someone uh, who's standing there, because you must understand the history of how Musi got into power. Um, to, to this day, some people felt that they were not contesting Musi. Musi was not contested. They were contesting Helen. Yeah. Helen Zille. Yeah. And and now, when it came to a second term, he still didn't get contested. So he never got... Uh, uh, had to, okay, uh, Wilmot James might feel differently that he he contested uh, Musi head on. But I, I don't... I seriously don't believe it. He was contesting against Helen Zille and he was going to lose. Oxala, I think he's surrounded up for Yeah, I know. Well, uh, Chief, and my closing remarks are very simple. 
I can stand here today and say congratulations in advance <laughs> to, to John Stengers and the new interim uh, leader, Sam the DA. And good luck to the DA with its, uh, you know, proven failure of neoliberal agenda. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, okay, I think we're going to leave it there this week before this turns into a massive debate. Mvumvu is being sangomatic. 1,000, 1,000, let's go. <laughs> We'll tell you how that goes next week. But anyway, it's going to be DA, the DA's John Stienhazen versus Makashule Ghana this weekend um, at Federal Council. Next week, when we're back here, we're going to analyze the overall winner of that. And John Stienhazen. <laughs> <laughs> Join us then. <laughs>